Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,673. Today we're talking about Italian motorcycles, Moto Guzzi. Put your helmet on, here we go. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts. I should say motorcycle enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm down under in the beautiful country of Australia with a very special returning guest by the name of Ian Falloon. Ian, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you... uh? I usually say buckled up, but do you have your helmet on, your gloves, and your boots ready for a ride? Yes, ready to go. All right, very cool. Now, I know you've been on the show uh, this year already, but I really wanted to have you come back and talk about this new book because it's a very cool book. All your books are cool. The BMW book that we talked about last time is one of those iconic coffee table books, but it's much more than that. It's just incredible history, as is this book about Moto Guzzi we're going to talk about in a minute. Now, I know I asked you this before, but I'm going to ask you again. Is there one little thing that maybe maybe's happened to you since we last talked that most people don't know about you? Well, no, not since the last time, except that um, I have to stay at home a lot more than I did last time. So. Well, I know that when we were talking before uh, we got on the air here, the part of Australia you're in, you guys are still locked down really tight. Nothing's open, but there's other parts of Australia that are open. So for someone like you, I mean, how are you dealing with that? How are you holding up? Oh, we're holding up just fine. I've got plenty of projects to do, plenty of books to write, and uh, we can't get out on the bikes, but um, you know, it's, plenty, it's still plenty of, plenty to do and keep you, keep you occupied. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I'm sorry, uh, but, you know, the whole world has been dealing with this. So, But, you know, the great thing is for those of us who can work online and do things from home, yeah, this maybe uh, gives us a little more time to focus on what we're doing. If there's anything positive that I can pull out of this, which is a challenge to do these days. Let me give you a proper introduction. Since you've last been on the show here before, those of you who missed my last talk with Ian, you got to go back and listen. We talked about BMW. He was on last May, show number 1547. Today, you're 1673. So let me give you a proper deduction. We'll dive into Moto Guzzi. Ian Falloon was born in New Zealand and studied engineering, and music at Victoria University in Wellington. After a motorcycle accident brought an end to his career as a symphony orchestra oboist, he began writing articles about motorcycles for magazines. In his first book, The Ducati Story has run to several editions and has been published in three languages. That success led to a series of Ducati books and histories of Honda, BMW, MV Agusta, a mark I love, I had one of those bikes, and numerous other motorcycle marks, including Moto Guzzi. This new book, titled The Complete Book of Moto Guzzi, every model since 1921, the 100th anniversary edition, is published by my friends at Quarto Group. It offers enthusiasts a thorough review of Guzzi's story, a hundred-year history via all its production models. 
And guess what? One lucky Carjow listener is going to win a copy of this book, and you're going to be blown away. This is not some little book. This is huge, massive. It's wonderful. So make sure you go to Carjow.com. Click on the free book button. I'll send you my free ebook, and your name will be in a hat to win one of these. And if you've already entered and you've already gotten my free book, your name's already in the hat, so you don't have to do anything. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Ian, but first a word from our sponsors that make this show possible. So sit tight, keep your helmet on. We're going for a ride Italian style. Did you know Covercraft offers you much, much more than car covers, floor mats, seat covers, and trunk liners? When you visit Covercraft.com, you'll find cologne custom bras, LaBra front-end covers, and hood protectors that protect your vehicle's front end while on a road trip. No more rock chips or hours removing nasty bug jerky from your grill and your paint. You'll find vehicle seatback organizers that keep everything in check, perfect for those kids in the back seat. Spidey Gear Webs that keeps cargo that's in your truck bed safely in place. Seat heaters, cargo bars, pro nets, rooftop carriers, bumper frames, bump steps, pet ramps, pet travel barriers to keep Fido in the back seat, tire covers, Carhartt backpacks, cooler bags, tote bags, tool bags, and zippered tote bags to keep everything secure. And don't forget their dash mat dashboard covers that shield the sun's damaging UV rays. Covercraft offers you an incredible list of solutions for your favorite rides. They're easy to install, easy to remove pet protection pads, are easy to wash too, and protect your floors and seats from Fido's damaging claws and messy fur and air. And here's something special from me here at Cars Yeah. If you use the code YAH120 at checkout at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off on me. Covercraft.com. Go there and use the code YEAH120 at checkout for that 10% discount. Covercraft, they've got you covered. What do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're Kevin Buckler, a racer and the racing group's team owner, you create Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, and a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to tell you about Redline. It's a rich and complex blend delivering a taste of ripe blackberries, black cherry licorice, and a hint of toasty oak. An added very cool option is that this features the world's first interactive wine label. That's right. When you pour the wine, the three-dimensional tachometer actually hits the Redline. It's incredible. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in all caps, when you go to checkout, you'll get $10 off any purchase of wines from the Racing Series. The wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout for $10 off of your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAH to save $10 today. Cheers! All right, Ian, we're back. And since you've been on the show before and it hasn't been that long, we're going to focus on Moto Guzzi. So I typically ask my guests if there's a success quote or a mantra when it comes to their life. But when you think about the Moto Guzzi brand, is there some kind of saying or 
mantra that maybe you gleaned from researching this brand that made them what they are? Well, I think that Madaguzzi is um, they're very they're a unique brand. They're idiosyncratic and unlike any other motorcycle. And I think that's their their mantra, as it were. They are different, and because they're different, they appeal to a different. Their clientele is different as well, mm. and um, that is why they've lasted a hundred years when most many other Italian companies just died along the way, but not Madaguzzi. They've, they've come through thick and thin. It's been a rocky road along the way as well, but they've managed to survive. Well, this is really interesting to me because when I see this book, I went, 100 years? Wait a minute. They've been around for 100 years? And I always think of Motoguzzi as a, an older bike. You know, I think of the classic old bikes from the 50s and 60s, the cafe racers, and maybe, maybe in the 70s and 80s. Maybe that's because lots of these bikes were never really imported into the United States here but they were spread throughout the world. So let's talk a little bit about what you learned in the writing of this book. And I'll tell my listeners that Ian doesn't just write pretty storybooks. I mean, he dives deep into companies' histories and so forth. So let's go back to the beginning and talk a little bit about where the brand came from and how it evolved. And let's kind of focus for this part of our talk on the early days of Moto Guzzi. Well, the early days, it's like a lot of these Italian companies they start with a person that has a vision and Carlo Guzzi had a vision and the thing about Moto Guzzi that is more interesting than, than a lot of other mates is that they began on the shores of Lake Como and they still are on the shores of Lake Como where they are built is also part of their history and part, part of what they are the location of the factory and they've had lots of owners over the years but the actual Moto Guzzi, the soul of Moto Guzzi hasn't changed. So it started off with Carlo Guzzi building horizontal singles in the 1920s, 1921. And that horizontal single continued right through until the 1970s. It just it was like a, a DNA. So basically, you've got long lineage in Moto Guzzi. It's a, it's a company with a long lineage and they don't change a lot of things. They, they make a lot of variations but the lineage stays the same you know so so i guess that's why when i think of the brand i always think of kind of the same bike the same old bike very much so. yeah so now that you explain it that way that's probably why they just they haven't evolved a lot haven't changed a lot now how do, was that a challenge and a detriment to them when it came to just maintaining business and because everything you think about travel in the transportation industry the kiss of death seems to be staying the same their cars are always evolving especially when you look at the automotive sector let's say american cars in the 50s and 60s i mean every year it was like they had a new model new tooling new engines but motoguzzi just kind of lived on their heritage well they were fortunate that they had some very say sort of aggressive marketers before the war they were, they were like they were like bmw they were the Italian motorcycle that was supported by Mussolini and the fascists. So they kept them going with war contracts and all this sort of stuff. And but after the war, they got into mass transportation, which a lot of Italian manufacturers did. And But Moto Guzzi did it better, more successfully than others. And they sold tens of thousands of small capacity casinos and little two-stroke motorcycles that gave them 
a lot of cash flow to indulge in racing. And racing was where they built their reputation. And through the 1950s, Moto Guzzi was the most successful. You think of Envy Augusta as being the most successful, but actually Moto Guzzi won a lot more races because they raced in smaller classes as well. And um, until 1957, Moto Guzzi was incredibly successful Grand Prix and they like they built the V8 that nobody else would even consider building because they just had the money to do it but the problem for Moto Guzzi was when the market collapsed at the in, at the, in 1957 they were the hardest hit and they um, really struggled after 57 just to survive and and in the mid-60s they got the police contract for the V7 and that saved them again and so that it's a company of ups and downs, very much a company of ups and downs. Not their, their, their life has been one of struggles, and but they, they're, they're a survivor. And even now, they're not a mainstream company in terms of volume, but they are an important company in terms of what they are and what they represent. It's a fascinating story, and you mentioned early on that they've been owned by a lot of different people. How did that work out for them? Uh, obviously, new investors would come in, perhaps, or maybe other companies bought them. What was the cycle for them of new ownership basically kept them alive, right? Well, it, it, was, it wasn't great. A lot of it hasn't been good. Uh, in the 1960s, they were, they were taken they were into receivership and, and uh, run by government consortium that kept them alive and then they were bought by Di Tommaso who basically bled them dry in a way I mean they they just made the same product year in year out until the 19 well almost until the 2000s when he, he controlled them for 30 30 years he controlled them basically and wow. um, they, they didn't produce anything new much in that 30 years they're just the same thing rebadged mm-hmm. so they had a lot of Problems with you know investment and plant machinery and all that sort of stuff, but they managed to they managed to come through it, and it was basically when Aprilia bought them in the early two thousands that their fortunes changed. Now, wh- what has Aprilia done with them since they acquired them? Well, Aprilia sold them to Piaggio, and because Piaggio is a very large company, they might not be an important wing of Piaggio, but they have financial security for mm-hmm. you know product development that they didn't really have. Before they had, and Aprilia was always struggling for money as well in the early 2000s. So Piaggio has basically saved them, I think. Well, it's very interesting to learn all this because most of this I didn't know at all. Again, I just think of them as this beautiful Italian bike that's been around forever and kind of always stayed the same and migrated a bit and changed with the eras, but not really a cutting edge type motorcycle manufacturer. So I find it really, really fascinating. What would you say, and it sounds, this might be a hard question to answer because I'm kind of translating some of my normal questions I ask my guests into this brand. What's been their biggest challenge over all these years? Oh, it's been a challenge of survival more than anything else. Just staying relevant, yeah. yeah. I mean, through the 1960s, most Italian motorcycle manufacturers disappeared unless they had government backing like Ducati mm-hmm. or helicopter backing like um, MV Augusta, all the... All, they all basically all disappeared. And then when Di Tommaso took over, he didn't really invest in product development. And he, I mean, they just they basically struggled. And at least they didn't didn't they didn't die. They were lucky, but um, right. they they just stayed alive. And now I don't think they're 
because the, there's this um, movement towards nostalgia in, in motorcycles, a very strong move towards nostalgia in, in models, and it's helping Motocuzzi because they're a nostalgic brand. So Piaget sees them as their nostalgic brand, yeah. which is good for them. So they won't die now because the history of what their history is is so important. Well, maybe their new uh, tagline should be Motoguzzi, the motorcycle you can't kill. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, and I don't mean right. to make light, but it's just amazing. They just keep dodging bullets and dodging bullets. And now the only European manufacturer that has survived 100 years of uninterrupted manufacture. Incredible. That's yeah, pretty incredible. That, Benelli is an older company, but they stopped and started. You know, but um, Motoguzzi is the only one that's, you know, Still going. Wow. Well, well, good for them. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Well, let's take a short break. and we come back, I'm going to twist up some of my normal questions, and we're going to kind of evolve them around Moto Guzzi. So keep your helmet on. We will be right back. When it was time to renew my last policy for my collector car, my carrier's rates went up. They went way up. But my usage was the same, and I never had made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? American Collectors Insurance, that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? I was too. So I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, am I glad I did. I'm saving hundreds of dollars. I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provide me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. What could be better than that? Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture, across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is TechForce Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, TechForce is bringing bright young students into the auto, diesel, aviation, marine, motorcycle, motorsports, and restoration worlds. To date, they've awarded more than $10 million in scholarships and grants to tech students. And in times like these, I don't have to tell you how essential those techs are. Keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping America rolling. To learn more about TechForce or to make a donation to this cause, visit www.techforce.org. You'll be glad you did. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read, whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, 
and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. All right, we're back. And as I said, I'm going to mix up some of the questions with you here, Ian. The first one is um, share a little story with us about Motoguzzi and their start. What started the company and why? And I think about companies like Ducati that used to make utility things for the home and so forth, which I didn't know until I visited their factory there in Bologna. Why was Motoguzzi started? Well, Motoguzzi was started by three friends i mean and that's why you have the they were came out of the first world war and um they were they were motorcycle enthusiasts that's that's how it so there wasn't to do with um transportation they were motorcycle riders and racers and you know they wanted to build a race bike that was successful that's what, how it all started they wanted to build a racing bike uh, and that eventually put that into production but the, back in the 1920s they're not Production was on such a low scale compared with today. It's hard. It's hard to comprehend how they would even make money. But they were fortunate that one of the enthusiasts came from a very wealthy family, the Parodies, and they put the money up behind it. So they had yeah. wealthy backing. So it was a ho- it was basically a hobby company that it came out of a hobby. And and they were lucky they had the the financial backing from this Genoese. I know you're you're a bike collector. You've had lots of great bikes. Have you owned Moto Guzzi bikes? I have, and I still do. I've always had a Moto Guzzi since 1974. Um, I like them. They're idiosyncratic. You ride a Moto Guzzi, it's not like any other motorcycle. They're not like a BMW or a Ducati. If you look at a Ducati as a, um, a high-intensity, short-duration motorcycle and a BMW, a long-distance touring long, and, and great for you know, longer distances and long, longer exposure motorcycling, the, the Moto Guzzi is a synthesis in between these two. Mm. They have, you know, most of them have shaft drive. The Moto Guzzi is a shaft drive. But it's a V-twin like a Ducati, but it's a, it's a longitudinal engine like a BMW. So it's a, a combination. And they're not, they don't have that sporting sharp sporting thing that the Ducati has, and they're probably not quite as the relaxed tourer that the BMW is, but when it comes to sport touring, they're, they're a good thing. They're a good thing. Now, the bike that you've had for so long, what model is that? What year is that bike? It's a V7 Sport. Nice. Yeah, I like that. That's my favorite motorcycle is a V7 Sport. The first one was the 850T that I had in 74. Mm-hmm. That was a good bike. Nice. Well, as you know, one of the questions I always ask my guests is a bit of an introspective question. And mm-hmm. I ask if you were a motorcycle, 
or a car, but in your case, a motorcycle, what model would you be? Now, when you were on the show before, of course, you chose and said you would be a Ducati NCR, a 1978 racer. If you were an Italian Moto Guzzi, what would Ian Falloon be? And more importantly, why? Well, I would be the uh, VCN Sport Talaya Rosso, the red frame, the very rare first model. Ah, okay. And why is that? I just think that sums up the sporting ethos of Moto Guzzi, and it's a handmade thing as well. It's a limited edition, hand-built. Yeah. Uh, And and in their day, in 1971, they were the the fastest and best-performing sporting bike you could buy in 1971. So. Very cool. Well, what do you think is one of the reasons Moto Guzzi has lasted for 100 years? Well, I think it's because they, they endear themselves to their owners. Moto Guzzi owners are the, the most diehard bunch I've ever come across. You know, for a start, they, they're not consumer motorcyclists. They don't buy a motorcycle and sell it a year later and get another one. Moto Guzzi owners buy a Moto Guzzi, then they buy another one because they like that one so much. And then I don't know a Moto Guzzi owner that's only got one of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. They're not really collectors either. They use them, but they, they have several of them. You know? The makers of that brand must love that. Somehow they've instilled that mindset into their consumers. If you could have a meal or a drink with anyone involved with Moto Guzzi, living or from the past, deceased, who would it be? Well, I was very fortunate that I did have a, a meal with uh, Karkano, who designed the V8 and, the, and all the racing singles from the 50s. Um, I visited him once in his house on the shores of Lake Como, and he was such a gentleman and a, such a cultured person, and I would, I would have, I'd like to, sit, like to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're very fortunate to have spent that time with him in the first place, which is cool. But to want to go back and do it again is pretty special. If you could choose or describe one thing about that brand, Moto Guzzi, that is the best thing about it, that really quantifies what it's all about, what would it be? I think it's, it's probably, um, I don't know, it's sort of, it's got soul. Other brands don't have – they've got a soul that mm. other brands don't have. It's, uh, and, and the soul comes from the location in the, in the foot of the Alps there on the shores of Lake Como. I mean, it's such a beautiful place. And um, these motorcycles are designed to be ridden around that area, you know, so – it is a beautiful place in the world. Well, like Ducati and some of the other manufacturers, is it possible for someone to go to their factory and tour it? Absolutely. And they've got a fantastic museum there. You should, the motorcyclists should go to there. It's, it's the most spectacular factory, motorcycle factory for positioning in the world. And, uh, and it has, it's the same place that they started in 1921. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, so pretty stunning. Well, there you go, listeners. You can tell the wife, "Hey, we're going to Lake Como, to the shores of Lake Como." And when you get there, oh, by the way, there's this little factory I want to go see. So <laughs> you can go visit them and enjoy some of that history. Awesome. Well, I was going to ask you about resources, but I think that sounds like a great resource is going to their factory and their museum and learning all about the history. That's one of the great things about 
visiting marks, and especially a mark like this, it's 100 years old. Are there any other sources out there uh, for Moto Guzzi fans or people that even want to learn more about them? It's a great resource, maybe an online resource? Not so much online resource for Moto Guzzi, but there are massive um, fan clubs. I mean, when, when they have a um, their meeting at, at Lake Como, at Mandela Delario, they get 100,000 people turning up. Wow. And they were, they were planning a 2021, and maybe I don't know if it's going to happen, but they were, there would be more than 100,000 turning up for that. The fan base is huge for Moto Guzzi. The, the owners are absolute fanatics. And um, when it comes to resources, the, the factory have got really good um, resources. I, I went to the factory and they were very helpful and I got a lot of it. Yeah, I get all my information basically from the factory. They're very forthcoming. Well, I'll remind our listeners again, the book here is The Complete Book of Moto Guzzi, Every Model Since 1921, the 100th Anniversary Edition, of course, written by our guest today, Ian Falloon, printed by our friends at Quarto Group. I'll make sure I put a link to that book. And also, while you're there, you can check out all the other books that Ian has written. You can actually go to his website as well. I mean, this guy has written a lot of bike books. It's pretty incredible. If you love motorcycles or just want to learn more about them, uh, you can go to his website and find all these great books. So, Ian, you know, we have the checkered flag question here. I call it a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to call it a bit of a goozy. <laughs> like that. <laughs> if I could buy you one. Moto Guzzi, one bike that you don't have or you haven't owned that, of course, would be a keeper for you. Which model would it be and why? You'd have to have a V8, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, that, you have to have the Moto Guzzi V8. There is nothing else like it. So, um, What years were, was that bike built? That was from 55 to 57. And uh, uh, I don't know how many are in existence, maybe one or two. There's one in the Moto Guzzi Museum. Even if you go to the museum just to look at that, you, sh you should do that. You know, so. so that's just going to be a hard bike for me to get for you, isn't it? Well, you can, you can, get a, you can buy a replica. Oh. Uh, yeah, okay. so they make replicas. A replica would be okay, but they're, they're, they're a cool million dollars. <laughs> Even for the replica, wow. Even for the replica, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you know, for you, anything you'd like, Ian. Uh, you're such a fanatic when it comes to bikes and a caretaker of these vehicles. And I'm so fortunate, and we're so fortunate that you write about them. And the fact that you've written about a company that's been around for so long is absolutely fantastic. How long did it take you to write this book? Well, I've done several Moto Guzzi books. Um, the first one I did was the Moto Guzzi story. Uh, that was about 99. And I've done a few editions of that. And then this one probably was a – it's a slightly different format, but a, all the research was done for the early history was done and for those other books. So it's, it's basically a 30-year project, isn't it? Wow, so. yeah. It's been something that's been in your uh, brain for a long time. Yeah. Well, it's absolutely wonderful, and I'm really grateful that you were able to come back and share this new book with us because it's really brilliant. Of course, with the holidays coming up, if you got a friend that's into bikes, this is a book you would want to buy that friend. It's one of those that he or she will keep forever. It's absolutely brilliant. Again, we're going to do a giveaway so that one lucky listener is going to be the recipient of that. So just go to carsyeah.com, click on the free book button. I'll send you my ebook. Nothing anywhere close or near to this book, but it's kind of fun uh, and it's free and your name will be in the hat. So Ian, the same way for people to get a hold of you as last time you were a guest, ianfaloon.com. Is that right? 
That's right, yes. Okay, and that last name is F-A-L-L-O-N-E-N-I-A-N. You can find them there, and again, you can go to Corto Group's website, look at all the great books that they produce. I mean, they're just wonderful publishers. So many cool books, so many great authors they've sent to me. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, listeners, again, you can go and find everything on Ian's show notes page. And if you missed my first talk with him about the BMW book, uh, one lucky listener, I think his name was uh, Wolf, actually, who was the winner of that book. So Wolf, if you're listening out there, I thought he had a cool name. He ended up being a motorcycle guy and a BMW guy, so that was pretty cool. Uh, maybe uh, somebody with an Italian name will be a winner of this book. We'll kind of have to wait and see. Ian, uh, thanks for taking us on another fun ride. This has been great. I hope they let you guys out of lockdown soon so you can get back to somewhat of a a real life there. Uh, Stay healthy and stay well. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. This has been fun. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!